Gearheads know that some projects need so many parts, it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors' 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network. Broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Radio! Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome one all to the Exxon. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I am your host. I am your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network and our growing family of broadcast affiliates around the world and satellite programming providers starting at 11 p.m. Eastern. If you'd like to send an email, studio at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV, and our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. One quick question before I get to our guest this hour, a good friend of the Exxon Nation, Preston Dennett. How would you like to be part of UFO history? No, I'm not kidding you, XO Nation. My question is sincere, it is honest, and um, down to earth, so to speak. How would you like to be part of UFO history? Well, if you would, simply go to www.cubesat for discovery. I'm sorry, CubeSat for Disclosure.com. That's www.cubesat for Disclosure.com. As I said, Preston Dennett is our guest this hour, Exxon Nation, and he's been investigating UFOs and the paranormal since 1986 when he discovered that his family, friends, and co-workers were having dramatic, unexplained encounters. Since then, he has interviewed hundreds of witnesses and investigated a variety of paranormal phenomena. He is a field investigator for the Mutual UFO Network MUFON, a ghost hunter, a paranormal researcher, and the author of uh, 20 books and more than 100 articles on UFOs and the paranormal. His articles have appeared in numerous magazines, including Fate, Atlantis Horizon, MUFON UFO Journal, Nexus, Paranormal Magazine, UFO Magazine, Mysteries Magazine, Ufologist, and others. His writing has been translated into several different languages, including German, French, Portuguese, Russian, and Icelandic. He has appeared on numerous radio and television shows, and uh, he, he's going to be joining us tonight, Exxon Nation, to discuss his new book, 
called UFOs Over Arizona, A True History of Extraterrestrial Encounters in the Grand Canyon State. And let me see on the back, it says, Arizona has been a UFO hotspot for more than 100 years. This first-time comprehensive history of extraterrestrial encounters in the Grand Canyon State includes 81 locations that provide a dazzling array of sightings, landings, face-to-face encounters, abductions, and even UFO crash retrievals. Joining me now is Preston Dennett. And Preston, congratulations on yet another great book. Hey, thanks, Rob. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. It's always a pleasure, Preston. You are one of the hardest-working guys in the UFO field I know, and yet, no matter how hard you work, you always put out a great book. Um, Tell me about this latest one. I'm super excited about it. It's basically a history book Mm -hmm. of encounters stretching back about 100 years, Yeah, uh, very much like the other books I've put together. I'm writing these books because... I want people to take this subject seriously. Uh, I, I'm afraid that a lot of these encounters um, that I'm writing about are going to be lost in, into history and never heard from again. I mean, they're taken from some very old newspaper clippings, mm-hmm. from uh, old UFO books, and all kinds of stuff, which is eventually going to fade away. So, yeah, I'm trying to preserve uh, the history of each state. So you're more than a ufologist. You're a historian as well. Well, it's kind of turned into that. I've always been interested in the whole history of UFOs. Uh, But uh, yeah, I think this is a really important subject. I don't think people realize how much of an effect it is having on society. uh, I'm not about to let go. I mean, I'm really kind of obsessed with it. And rightfully so. Exxon Nation, Preston Dennett is our special guest this hour. And uh, Preston and I will be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. This hour, we're talking about Preston's new book, UFOs Over Arizona, A True History of Extraterrestrial Encounters in the Grand Canyon State. And it's put out by the good folks at Schiffer. If you'd like to contact Preston, his website is www.prestondennett.weebly.com. The Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And we're here Monday through Friday starting at 11 p.m. Eastern on the Exxon Broadcast Network in Europe on Radio X and on TalkStream Live. I am Rob McConnell. Don't go away. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. 
Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at www.drgibbswilliams.com. Shamanism is recognized as a method to access the quantum level. Mastery of shamanic skills puts spiritual information and healing power into your hands. Path Home Shamanic Art School, a bonded Colorado certified occupational school, has met rigorous state standards ensuring its director and instructors have the qualifications to teach the shamanic arts. Path Home offers a certification program in blocks of study. Block 1, a five-day intensive, will be held in the beautiful mountain town of Coldale, Colorado, October 13th through 18th. Registration deadline is September 12th. Experience journey trance, power animals, helping spirits, sacred space, and life purpose. Come discover your power. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, in the magical world of shamanism. Call 303-775-3431 or visit findyourpathhome.com. Nation, Preston Dennett is our special guest this hour. We're going to be talking to Preston about, amongst other things, his new book, UFOs Over Arizona, a True History of Extraterrestrial Encounters in the Grand Canyon State. Tell us about why you chose the Grand Canyon State for this book, Preston. Uh, well, I've been kind of doing, going across the whole uh, southwest here, mm-hmm. starting with you know California, Nevada. I did. I did New Mexico. Right. Um, I also did New York. I'm, I wanted to choose states that I think have had major contributions to you know our understanding of UFOs and extraterrestrial visitations. And Arizona has definitely had some really big uh, influences on how we think, I think, about UFOs. Can you share a few of them with us? Oh, yeah. I mean, hands down, the Phoenix Lights. Mm, yeah. There's got to be if not the number one sighting in the world in terms of, you know, authenticity and right. the number of people who've seen it, it's in the top 10 for sure. It is absolutely a stupendous event um, that, you know, had put Phoenix on the map in terms of UFOs. And uh, for that matter, uh, when you talk about UFO abductions, Arizona is also one of the leaders with the Travis Walton case, which is, again, one of the best cases out there. Yeah. Witnesses, you know, landing trace evidence, all kinds of stuff. Um, a really great case. And um, also, you know, when we talk about UFO crashes, uh, they have one of the top five, I'm going to say, uh, UFO crash events. Uh, you know, there's Roswell, of course, in New Mexico, which is the granddaddy of them all. Mm-hmm. And uh, Aztec, also in New Mexico. Uh, there's one in Pennsylvania, the Kecksburg crash in 1965. Uh, but this other crash in Arizona, the Paradise Valley crash, that's got to be, well, I mean, it's definitely Arizona's most famous UFO crash incident and one of the top five in the United States for sure. Now, what's the first you heard about? All right, so tell us about that one. Yeah, this came out bit by bit, actually. Uh, initially, the first we ever heard of it was in Frank Scully's book, Behind the Flying Saucers, mm-hmm. on which he talked about a number of UFO crashes. Just mentioned one sentence of this one in Arizona. Now, back then, people were not taking stories about UFO crashes seriously. And in fact, his book, although it was a bestseller and did really well, was panned by critics. Um, The Aztec case, which he focused on, was decided to be a hoax by a lot of major researchers. And it wasn't until later that it was revived that people started to take these UFO crashes seriously. And more and more breaks began to come in this uh, UFO crash in Arizona, in Paradise Valley. Um, This incident actually occurred in 1953, pretty far back. Uh, And it took decades before any information really came out on, on it that was any significance. And the best break came from Researcher Ray Fowler, I'm sure you've heard of him. Sure. Yeah, the Andreasen case. Yeah. And 
He's focused a lot of his research in the Massachusetts area, a great researcher. And he got in touch with this guy who said that he was in Arizona when he, his rank was suddenly bumped up to top secret. Um, the name, his name is Arthur Stansel. Um, he used the pseudonym Fritz Werner because he needed to be anonymous. And when you hear his story, you'll, you'll see why. He was taken on a busload with blacked out windows and a bunch of other scientists to this UFO crash um, event. It was his job to determine how fast this object came down uh, by looking at you know the markings in the ground, uh, whether this thing you know was speeding at hundreds of miles an hour or did it come down for a gentle landing. Right. Uh, he determined it was did not look like it actually crashed. It looked like it came in for a soft landing at, at the worst. Mm -hmm. Uh, but he was told not to talk to anyone, not even the pe other people that were there, told to just do his job and leave. Now, he did end up talking to some of the people there. Um, he also kind of looked around a little bit and was able to see not only this craft, which was you know, 20, 30 feet in diameter, your typical kind of saucer-shaped object, right. metallic with portholes, and he saw ETs, at least two of them. So this was the first real big break in the case. And uh, Ray Fowler, I mean, this was back before even Leonard Stringfield had just started to do his research into crashed UFOs. Leonard Stringfield being, you know, the leader of, I'd say, the, the guy who really focuses mostly on UFO crash retrievals. And Leonard Stringfield also found a witness. And, you know, Richard Hall, another major UFO researcher, he got another witness. So these pieces of the puzzle came slowly together, and honest to God, there's still information coming out about this case. So it's a very interesting case. More recently, Bill Uhouse, a supposed Area 51 insider, talked about it and said that, in fact, this UFO did not crash, that it was essentially given to us by the ETs, um, some of who were alive, uh, and this craft was taken back to Area 51, and the ETs taught us how to reverse engineer it, or at least part of it. So, yeah, it's a very interesting case, and we haven't heard the last of it yet. Uh, I'm very interested to see, you know, how this thing evolves as time goes on. Sure. When you, when you get insiders, like the gentleman you were just talking about, and they're saying that the ETs basically gave us this, this UFO to... Uh, to do a reverse engineering on. How do we know this guy is, is on the up and up? Like, you know, it's, it's a good story, but, you know, is, is there anything to substantiate his claims? Right. Well, U-House has gone public, and uh, he's been, has not been found to be, you know, his stories have not been debunked, okay. I should say, by other major researchers. But you're right. You know, it is a big problem. A lot of these people who mm. are whistleblowers don't want their identity revealed. Now, Arthur Stansel, um, he did sign an affidavit. He did re reveal his military records. He's clearly a good witness. Uh, other witnesses are not as good. I mean, if you have an anonymous witness, that's definitely a strike against you. But what happens, the situation is when... You have one witness coming forward, and then a second, yep. and then a third, and you're like, okay, this is beginning to look real, because some of these witnesses actually corroborate each other's stories. And when you, I mean, like the Roswell case, you were talking hundreds of witnesses. Right. So it's very hard to deny something like that. But you, you must know? find it very frustrating as a UFO researcher when you're working on an investigation, and there is a total lack of not only physical or trace evidence, but a lack of witnesses who come forward. Yeah, and this is especially true with UFO crashes, which is so ironic and bizarre because here we actually have the, the mm -hmm. craft itself. We have the bodies. We have absolute 100% conclusive proof. And what do we actually have? We have a story. We have an, an eyewitness, maybe two, maybe ten, um, in a good UFO crash case, 10 witnesses right. is excellent. Um, and that's why this particular crash is one of the more legitimate. There's a lot of witnesses who have come forth telling various pieces of the puzzle. But 
Yeah, there's a complete lack of evidence, physical evidence, to prove UFO crashes. We have documents, got a lot of government insiders, um, some people who have released their military records, so we know that they're at least mm-hmm. on the up and up in terms of their position. But yeah, we, it's, it's extremely frustrating. We have more evidence for some sightings and landings or abductions than we do of UFO crashes. But on the other hand, these things are not going away. Yeah, Getting more information, you know, for each book I write on a different state, I thought, you know, sure, I've heard of Roswell, but I'm not going to hear much about UFO crashes. I was wrong. In every single state I've researched so far, there have been not one or two crashes, but multiple. So, so how, how in the name of heaven can the government, the military, and the forces that seem to be behind the cover-up, how can they keep perpetrating this cover-up with even two crashes per state? That's over 100 crashes. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And uh, they have the power to do it. These guys, we don't even know precisely mm-hmm. who is, has these materials, who's actually doing the cover-up. Right. I mean, we've got MJ-12-type groups. If you tra- trace it down, it pretty much goes right up to the higher levels of our military, the Navy, the Army, the Air Force, and the intelligence groups like the NSA, the FBI, things like this, the CIA. They know about it at the very least, and some of these guys are actually doing it. So, yeah, it's a constitutional crisis. It's not right. No, I, I, I don't think it is, because if it's happening in the United States, my friend, I would imagine logic dictates that it's happening in Canada, the United Kingdom, throughout Europe, throughout Asia, throughout Africa. Like, this is a global cover-up. Yeah, and my understanding is that Foreign governments are cooperating with each other to a certain extent mm-hmm. with this. So, certainly Russia has a number of these. I know England does. Yeah. Throughout South America, I know Canada has a couple. I haven't heard a whole lot of, you know, from France, say, or Spain. I'm sure they've got to have some. But yeah, it's definitely global. Do you think there's a connection with the UFO conspiracy or cover-up and the United Nations? Uh, couldn't really say. I haven't looked into that. Okay. Um, but I'm pretty sure that there's a lot of highly placed officials mm-hmm. who do know what's going on. I think some senators, you know, some representatives, governors don't know, and some definitely do. But what do you think their 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 logic is by suppressing this information? Is it because they fear that the citizens of the countries that they represent are being protected against an alien invasion, or are they just protecting themselves because this 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 lie has been perpetrated and and deepened since 1947? I think it's both. Yeah. It kind of depends on who you talk to. Some of the military guys definitely feel threatened by the whole UFO situation. Because if you look at this situation from a military you point, mm-hmm. we have these things hovering over our missiles and turning them off. Right. They're hovering over our dams. They're hovering over our nuclear power stations, um, our electrical stations, our reservoirs. These guys have the power to basically paralyze society and have done that. They can turn off our vehicles. Um, there's a number of cases where there have been vehicle outages. Well, isn't that, isn't that just a simple EMF, electromagnetic force, that, that is... That is, uh, that is causing that, and they may be doing this turning off of vehicles by accident because of the, the type of uh, right. system, that the propulsion system that they're using. Um, well, that's, one, that's what uh, we used to think. Yeah. But there was yeah. this wave of uh, car stalling cases in New Mexico mm-hmm. in the 1950s where there were so many. You know, This was during the Lubbock, Texas wave right. as yep. well. There were so many of these car stalling cases that they started to realize, you know what, this isn't accidental. Because there are too many cases where UFOs are right close up to cars and the cars are not shut off. Wow. So it's probably a weapon or a device of some kind. All right, stand by, Preston. You and I have to take our break. Excellent. Very interesting, Preston. Once again, congratulations on your new book. 
Preston's new book is called UFOs Over Arizona, a True History of Extraterrestrial Encounters in the Grand Canyon State. And you can find out more about Preston on his website at prestondennett.weebly.com. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Preston and I will be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exome Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exome Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking, sci-fi radio programming 24-7-365. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Exonation Preston Dennett is our special guest. He is the author of a new book that is out. He's written over 20 books, Exonation. This is his latest, by published by Schiffer. 
UFOs Over Arizona, a true history of extraterrestrial encounters in the Grand Canyon State. His website is www.prestondennett.weebly.com. Um, when you were doing the research for your new book, UFOs Over Arizona, Preston, was there any one particular case that interested you more than any other that no one else had or there was very little written about it before? Um, absolutely, yeah. There were a couple that really kind of caught my eye. Um, there was one case which was reported to MUFON, and I don't think that it was ever fully investigated, but it was a very interesting mm-hmm. case involving this rancher, um, a whole ranching family, in fact, a bunch of people. They were working on their ranch, this was a pretty isolated ranch, uh, north of the Phoenix area, out in the desert. And this UFO comes flying by and hovers right over the ranch house. Now, mind you, there's a bunch of homes on this ranch, uh, several families. So about 50 people were watching this thing. Um, a couple had cameras, were able to take photographs of it. When suddenly something weird happens, they all kind of forget about the UFO don't care about it anymore, it's still there, and they go to bed. And they wake up the next morning, and the next morning would have been payday. Um, So the ranch boss handed out everyone's pay, and they all took off to town to get their uh, month's supplies or their week's supplies. Mm -hmm. And they get to the store, and they get a real shock. The the clerk there is telling them... where were you? You know, you're three days late. Normally you come in I, you know, on a Saturday, and they came in three days later. They were missing three days of time. Holy cow. And it turned out it wasn't only them. There was a bunch of people in this whole Walnut Creek area uh, who had the same problems. It was a whole county of people who were having the same problem. Where they'd come into the store and thinking it was the wrong date. And uh, this caused a huge uproar. And when they woke up that morning, mm-hmm. they found all kinds of stuff, like scars on their bodies. Scars not only on their bodies, but on their children's bodies. Um, the animals had acted all very skittish. They found some animal mutilations. Uh, it was a big deal. A lot of people fled the ranch and never came back. Some boarded up their windows, bought guns and guard dogs. And... So, yeah, it was a, a big deal, and this UFO did return on numerous occasions. Uh, they all forgot about most of this missing time for quite a while, but this main witness recalled it. And yeah, it's a strange case. There's not a lot of cases out there involving missing time beyond a few hours. So what did the officials do in that town? Uh, how could you just ignore a group of people who were missing three days? Uh, you know, I don't know how the officials reacted. That's one of the frustrating things about this case, which wasn't really followed up on. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, um, officials don't know how to react. They don't really handle UFO reports. I've given my name to the police, and they've referred me people who call them. Right. So generally they'll refer you to the Air Force, who will also refer you to a UFO organization. Or they'll refer you, you know, to MUFON or the National UFO Reporting Center, or whatever they have in their files on this. But for the most part, they're frustrated, I think, uh, by having to deal with this sort of thing. It's really not in their wheelhouse. But if, if UFOs are entering U.S. airspace, isn't this a concern of the United States Air Force? Oh, yeah. I mean, look what happened with the Phoenix Lights. This yeah. Is a- Perfect example. Here we have a sighting seen by a lot of people. Thousands upon thousands. And it's also immediately confused, the issue, because Davis-Monthan Air Force Base launches a bunch of flares immediately following the incident. Apparently, and we can't say this for sure, but apparently in an attempt to confuse the issue, which is something they've done in numerous other cases, releasing balloons and flares and things like this, right after a UFO incident. And now the press went wild with this story, mm-hmm. tried to get any aspect of government involved, and were completely stonewalled at every single corner. 
Uh, the only person who they finally got to look into it was a councilwoman, you know, not a high-ranking um, government official, just yeah. a city councilwoman, Frances Barwood, um, who did try to grab the bull by the horns and investigate. But let me she, ask, let me ask you this: with everything that is going on in the media today, when it comes to um, either Secretary Clinton or Donald Trump, and how the press is able to squeeze information out of both parties. How come they couldn't do the same thing going back to the Phoenix Lights? Right. Great question. I mean, they're talking about incidents that happened. These candidates were school children. Exactly. It's, it's ridiculous. And yet when it comes to UFOs, nothing. There is a press, a press blackout to a certain extent on UFOs. This was pretty much demonstrated clearly by a gentleman who wrote a book called The Missing Times, uh, Hansen is his last name. I forget his first name. Mm-hmm. But there are numerous examples of this. Uh, the only way UFO stories get into, say, the evening news is if it's a giant event like the Phoenix Lights, which can't be ignored. But almost, I mean, there are dozens of sightings being reported over each state pretty much on a daily or weekly basis, and none of them are making the news. And when you think about it, only one in 100 people are even reporting their sightings to these UFO reporting centers. So we're looking at a massive wave of activity that is being completely ignored by the mainstream press who still suffer from the ridicule factor. I think that's part of it. Well, UFO's stories are put in sort of the end of the news segment, along with entertainment and you know, celebrity scandals. Yeah, but but look what's happening in today's news cycle. You know, you've got, I, I think, a lot more stupidity being put out to the public through these so-called mainstream uh, media outlets. And I'm sure the public would be a lot more interested to know about the topics that you and I discuss in, in this very topic, UFOs, instead of the, the 10 accusers or 11 accusers of Donald Trump and the emails and Benghazi with, with President, or I should say Secretary of State Clinton. Like, it does, something is not right in this entire formula. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's freedom of the press, yes. But we even, I mean, Trump is talking about how the press is against him, and yep. it is. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty liberal press. Um, so he's got a point there. And yeah, people don't even go to the news anymore. Everyone, I think, has a pretty good idea that the news is, if you want to hear about murders, if you want to hear about political sex scandals yeah. and celebrities, you watch the mainstream news. Yeah. If you want the truth about UFOs, you go to shows like yours, which is proven by how popular you know UFOs are yeah. on the Internet. Because people want the truth. And this is what they're not able to get anymore with mainstream media. They're not able to get the, uh, the stories that affect them. What they're getting is the stories that affect a larger audience so that the ratings go up, so that the, the station and the network can make more money on advertising. Right, and that's exactly why I wrote these books. Yeah. Because when it comes to UFO information, it's doubly hard to get to the truth because Make no mistake, there is a cover-up. It's still going on. It's demonstrable. Um, Every time there's a major UFO incident, the Air Mm -hmm. Force bungles it, gets caught lying over and over again. And when the Phoenix lights went out, uh, numerous people called Luke Air Force Base. Now, Luke Air Force Base immediately released a statement saying they know nothing about the Phoenix lights which isn't true because it wasn't long before insiders came out of the base and said, oh, yeah, we were on lockdown. It was a total panic. People saw jets being launched from the base. Uh, Peter Davenport of the National UFO Reporting Center Mm -hmm. started receiving calls from people who were referred by Luke Air Force Base, while at the same time Luke Air Force Base was saying nobody ever called us. So they were getting caught in lie after lie after lie immediately following the incident. Yeah. They just bungled it again. Wasn't there also a uh, wasn't there also a story about the Maryland National Guard doing exercises or maneuvers that that the National Guard were actually releasing the flares? 
and yeah, yeah. And didn't the governor of the state of Arizona come out to a press conference uh, with a, somebody dressed in an alien outfit? Yeah, which was infuriating, and I think really bad news and a cover-up, flat yeah. out, because he had actually seen the UFO himself with his own eyes, which he later, you know, to his credit, did come out yeah. and release a very long statement and admit to the truth. But yeah, that was horrible. And what releasing those flares, like I mentioned early, mm-hmm. they knew what was going on. We have enough inside stories from everything from air traffic controllers to some very highly placed officials, radar people within Luke Air Force Base who saw this stuff. So they knew and they tried to confuse the issue by launching these flares. And what's so ironic is a lot of people saw these flares and photographed them. And it was a lot of that footage, which was put on the news, the evening news, which really caused this sort of press event to uh, escalate and explode into a, a huge you know, national news story. What about the state? What about Stevensville? What about Stevensville? Yeah. Yeah, another great case, Stevensville, Texas. This mm-hmm. is one of the more recent widespread sightings. Uh, first of all, we know it's absolutely a true event. There was enough witnesses, including law enforcement officers and other people who are you know, trained observers, uh, who actually saw these craft go right over Stevensville, not a huge town. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was caught on radar, on a weather radar station, and the radar reports exactly matched where people were seeing this object. And again, the Air Force bungled it. First they said, oh, we know nothing about it. We don't know what you're talking about. And then their next statement was, oh, you know, that was us. It was our Air Force jets and what people were looking at were afterburners, which is ludicrous. I mean, this thing was huge. It was silent. It was low level, treetop level in some cases, not Air Force jets, not even close. And some witnesses were actually threatened um, not to talk about what they saw. My my question is, how would a weather radar pick up uh, an aircraft? Because isn't it just a totally different radar frequency and a Doppler radar that just picks up weather? Um, you know, I'd have to look into that. Yeah. I don't know. I do know that the radar reports mm. that came from this incident were well verified. Wow. And uh, there's multiple reports of it, yeah. Listen, great evidence. you and I have to take our final break, uh, Preston, thanks very much for coming down and um, ExoNation. UFOs over Arizona, a true history of extraterrestrial encounters in the Grand Canyon State, published by the good people at Schiffer. Where can people get a copy of your book, uh, Preston? Uh, We can go on to any bookstore near you if you can find a bookstore anymore, or on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or other online retailers. And this would be a great gift for anyone at Christmas time, who is looking to uh, get the perfect gift for people who are interested in UFOs. Once again, UFOs over Arizona, true history of extraterrestrial encounters in the Grand Canyon State. I am Rob McConnell, Preston Dennett, and I will be back as we wrap up this hour here in the Exome from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. As host of Dialogue with Divinity, I am thrilled to join the Exxon Broadcast Network and their growing number of affiliates. My quest for a connection to the divine ignited my successful career path as an international spiritual counselor for over 40 years, an author of four books, and well-known metaphysical educator. My clients call me their spiritual mama. So my job is to offer you a radio show to help you grow spiritually with wisdom and get specific tools from guests who are experts in their field. Tune in to Dialogue with Divinity and be part of the conversation with Spirit. My goal, your happy soul. For more information, please visit my website at johannacarroll.com.
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exome Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exome Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking, sci-fi radio programming 24-7-365. Coming soon to the Exxon Broadcast Network is a different perspective with me, Kevin Randall, as your host. We'll be taking a close look at what is happening in the world of UFOs today with side trips into the paranormal. Guests will range from those who are household names to those who have a different perspective on a variety of topics. No topic will be taboo, but there will be tough questions asked as we all search for the truth about UFOs, the paranormal, and those things that excite us. Sometimes we'll agree with a guest and sometimes we won't, but we'll try to keep the program topical. For those of you who would like to read, be sure to visit www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com and remember to listen to the other fine programs on the X-Zone Broadcast Network at www.xzbn.net. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. What happened in Benghazi is revealed by Nicholas Genix, author of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. He informs the American people that President Obama deceived them by advocating a strong foreign policy prior to the 2012 presidential election, and Hillary Clinton supported this deception. As the title infers, there is a connection between Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. Ample evidence informs Americans that Obama's early indoctrination in the Quran developed an infinity for Islam, why the Quran is the source of discontent in many countries, and why the Obama foreign policy deception led to poor military action and caused the loss of American lives in Benghazi. Genex provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life has no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. 
Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying, is available on Amazon and at stores worldwide wherever books are sold. Preston Dennett is our special guest, Exxon Nation. He has uh, just released uh, through Schiffer Publishing a new book entitled UFOs Over Arizona, A True History of Extraterrestrial Encounters in the Grand Canyon State. Some of the, uh, some of the uh, chapters are, uh, let me see, Chapter 1, the 1947 Superwave, Chapter 2, Sightings, 1960s to 1989, Chapter 3, The Phoenix Lights and Beyond, there's also a great photo gallery in the middle of the book, Exonation. Chapter 4 is Landings and Humanoids. Chapter 5, Onboard Experiences, and much more. Uh, the name of the book, one more time, is UFOs Over Arizona, A True History of Extraterrestrial Encounters in the Grand Canyon State. Like I said, if you've got somebody, friend or family, who is into UFOs, then the paranormal, the strange, the weird, the bizarre, you know, the topics that we cover here on the Exonation, this would be a great Christmas gift. And so are the other books by Preston, and uh, they're all over the internet, Barnes & Noble, Amazon. So if you're looking for that strange or that perfect Christmas gift for the people who are into UFOs and and all, there you go. My first Christmas gift suggestion of the new year. Um, the people who have had experiences or face-to-face encounters with the ETs, do they match the type of ET that we've been talking about when it comes to Roswell, the Greys, or do the descriptions vary? Uh, well, for the most part, you do get a lot of Greys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they do vary, for sure. I mean, you have reptilian type, uh, a lot of reports of large-eyed, bald, short <laughs> uh, figures. That's definitely the main one. Really? But there are some which are absolutely human-looking which I find really fascinating. That is interesting. Uh, because the, the, the ETs that were apparently at the Roswell crash were the typical greys that we've, that we've come to associate with ETs. Um, but once again, there's no evidence. There's no, there's no bodies. And it well, must the be... bodies are out there. They're, they're, if, if this is true, mm-hmm. and I think it is, I think it's the evidence is mountainous. It's overwhelming. It comes in numerous forms. If we do have the bodies, yeah, um, the truth is going to come out. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff on the internet. I think most of it is fake. But I wonder if some of these photos that we're looking at, you know, some of these leaks are not real because they look convincing. It's it's hard to say, but I do think. I'm hoping within our lifetime mm-hmm. we're going to see the Roswell crash, the craft. We're going to see the Paradise Valley craft. We're going to see these bodies in a museum or at least to some extent have this truth come out. It can't be covered up forever. Is there any speculation, Preston, on why the ETs just don't land in, in unison around the world so the existence cannot be denied? Uh well, we can only speculate. Um, certainly, there's no precedent in human history for what's going on right now. There's never been a wave of sightings that just goes on and on for mm-hmm. what's it's nearly 100 years now. Yeah. So there does seem to be something ramping up in that regard. Uh, and there have been some very close sightings like that, not to mention the Phoenix Lights, but sightings over Mexico City in 1992, I believe it was, during the eclipse. Mm-hmm. Um, this craft stayed over the city for hours and was videotaped from 30-some different locations. So they almost, I mean, they showed up and didn't go away. They've hovered over the Capitol um, twice in the 1950s. There's been some very dramatic incidents. But why haven't they landed? Yeah, um, hmm, hard to say. They're doing these weird kind of publicity stunts, like almost sort of a publicity campaign. Right. It looks like to get us used to their presence, like the, the Hudson Valley wave or Gulf Breeze, where they, you know, let people photograph them. Um, we, one of the things abductees have been told is that open official contact is coming. 
but that it's been stalled or not taken place because of our warlike ways, because of our tendency to discriminate against people who look different. Mm. And they, if anyone looks different, these guys do. So what would probably happen is if they did, there would be a certain portion of our population, probably pretty small overall, but a portion would demonify them, a portion would deify them, meaning, you know, some are going to worship them, sure. and whatever they say, and others are going to shoot and ask questions later. So that's, I think, one of the main things. They know better than to just land. We're not, I mean, we're close, I think, but I'm not sure we're ready right yet. Do you think that the United States Air Force is conducting an investigation into UFOs uh, that is not public knowledge like Project Blue Book? I would say so. Um, you know, I don't have proof of it, mm -hmm. but we do know that Project Blue Book was a whitewash. Um, that comes from Blue Book insiders like Hynek, right. who said flat out it was not interested in investigating legitimate cases. And we do know that some of the best cases, and I found evidence for this in some of the Arizona cases, never made it to Blue Book. Cases that involved so-called national security were rooted to the Air Technical Intelligence Command. And those are the guys who are studying it. And yes, they are still studying it. There's no doubt, despite you know denials by the FBI, the NSA, mm -hmm. the CIA, documents are still coming out that show that they are interested in this subject and have been for decades and still are. Whatever happened to the men in black? We don't hear about them anymore. No, we don't get a lot of those, do we? You know, I never did get a lot. Yeah. I, I mean, me personally, in my own files, mm -hmm. people I've talked to, only a couple. Really, um, very, very few. And then the mutilation cases have seemed to have died down, uh, the Chupacabra connection. It seems that these events come in spurts, and... You've been doing this a long time. What influence has the internet, as well as the so-called reality TV shows, had on the actual reporting and other kind of reporting of UFOs? Right. Well, it's a double-edged sword. Definitely, it's now much easier to get information. Mm -hmm. I think now that it's a lot more public, people are much braver. And we've got all kinds of amazing stories coming out. The truth is coming out now. But on the other hand, with the internet and with uh, Photoshop, yeah, and CGI all, and the rest of it, and all the information being out there, yeah. it's quite a bit easier to fake a story and back it up with rare kind of red flag details that researchers look for. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it makes my job in some ways easier and in some ways harder. I laughed. So, I laughed the other day. There was a. There was a clip put onto you onto uh, Facebook about the Haitian UFO sighting, and everybody was really hot about it. Wow, this was just taken a couple of hours ago. Look at it, da 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 da. And I went into our archives, and we debunked that uh, CGI film what four or five years ago. It seems to have a cycle. Yeah, it's very interesting to see how the whole UFO phenomena yeah. is evolving. Because and back in the fifties, it was all about oh look, there's sightings. They're on radar. People didn't talk about humanoids until the 70s, really. Yeah. And abductions, no. We didn't talk about those either until the 80s, you know, after Whitley Strieber and Bud Hopkins. And we weren't talking really about UFO crashes until the 90s. And now we're talking about ending this government cover-up. And that, I think, is where there's a lot of attention. What about uh, the, um, what was it called, the, the mummy that uh, the mummy in Mexico, the, what was that? Um, the, the little extraterrestrial that they thought was an extraterrestrial, uh, Schmidt and Carrie were involved in the, in the, um, in the project. It was it disclosed in, in Mexico. And just to find out it was a mummified child. The picture came from a museum. Yeah. It's unfortunate. You know, we're scrabbling for evidence. We're looking for yeah. tiny little pieces of, you know, UFO metal. Mm -hmm. um, supposedly there's a piece of the Roswell crash floating around. I haven't seen it. Right. But what do these stories and what do these actions by less than credible people, I'm not talking about Schmidt and Carey, by the way, but the uh, people who brought these slides forward, 
What does it do to the credibility of mainstream, hard-working UFO investigators like yourself? It sets. It can set back research, you know, years, decades. You know, UFO. The UFO field is very fragile mm-hmm. due to the ridicule factor that's been imposed by the Robertson panel. They vigorously debunk this. The Air Force is vigorously debunking UFO sightings and making people look like fools. So anytime someone comes out with false evidence, it hurts the field. Yeah. No doubt it does. Because people don't take it seriously. And then they say, oh, well, remember that case with those dummies or you know that fake body and blah, blah, blah? Yeah, it's it's a very hard to make progress in this field because where do you go for for legitimate information? Well, I know where you go. You go to any place that sells your books. That's an easy one, Preston. <laughs> well, thanks. You know, and that's exactly why these are written in a kind of objective style, like a history book. Yeah. I'm not trying to convince anybody that space brothers are here to save us or that aliens are taking over. I'm trying to present the very best evidence that we have and uh, so that's kind of my goal with these books hey preston the time has come when you and i must say so long for now my friend but listen thanks for coming on the show tonight again congratulations on yet another great book and exonation if you'd like to get a copy of ufos over arizona a true history of extraterrestrial encounters in the grand canyon state by our guest this hour preston dennett there it's available at amazon.com barnes and noble all or you know, just try all the different online uh, stores as well as your local bookstore. For more information on Preston, www.prestondennett.com. No, I'm sorry, .weebly.com. And Preston, thank you so much and congratulations, my friend. And I look forward to the next time you and I meet back here in the Exo. Thanks, Rob. Always a pleasure. Take care, buddy. I'll be back on the other side of this break, Exo Nation. Don't go away. Mm-hmm. 